0: Hi, my name is Alvin. I'm a discipleship pastor here at HTVB and I also serve in the Mandarin service and it's a privilege to share with you from God's word today. So, some of you may know that I am an only child and uh, only children have been described as people who need their alone time, check. Know how to keep themselves amused, check. Take a little longer to warm up in social situations, check. Won't ask for help. Check. You know, finding people for help was just something that didn't come to me naturally. Whenever I came across a problem, my natural instinct would be to, to read, to Google, to research a solution to the problem. You know, it was only when I started living with my wife that I realized that you could actually ask people for help. This comes very naturally to her. She comes from a a bigger family. So especially when we're doing our work or even when I'm writing our sermons, she very naturally comes to me and, and asks me to look at her drafts, look at her scripts. Does the flow make sense? Is there any way to structure it clearer? And I'd be happy to help her. However, I would very rarely ask her for help up until the point where one day she asked me, hey, why is it that I'm always asking you to help with my work, but you don't seem to ask me for help even when you're so stressed? And that was when it clicked for me. You know, she has such a great memory uh, for things that happen in our lives, for stories, for testimonies. Why do I crack my brain so hard when I could just reach out to her for help? So if you find that my talks have been getting more memorable and engaging and relevant, you can thank my wife for that. So I wonder if, you know, some of you can relate to this. You know, maybe today you're feeling the stress, maybe because of work, maybe because of family, maybe because of life. But you're you're holding it in your hands so tightly. And maybe it never even occurred to you to ask for help. And I believe God has a word for you today. We've come to the third and final part of our sermon series, Thanks, Sorry, Please. And in this series, we've been learning how to relate to one another, but also how to relate to God. We've learned that God is a God who delights to give and forgive. And please points us once again to the generous character of the God who desires to bless. However, we've also learned that we can respond to this generous God in different postures. First, we learn to say thanks as a posture of generosity and gratitude. Then we learn to say sorry as a posture of repentance. And today, we'll be learning to say please as a posture of surrender. So I've titled my talk today is How to Ask God for Help. But first, let me tell you a story. This is the story of King Hezekiah. He lived in the period of the king's and during this period, Israel was divided into the ten tribes in the northern kingdom called Israel and the two tribes in the southern kingdom called Judah. And Hezekiah ruled over the southern kingdom. And uh, he was a good king. He repaired the temple, he purged its idols, and he reformed the priesthood. However, he also witnessed the destruction and fall of the northern kingdom by this kingdom called Assyria. And it was only a matter of time before these Assyrians started to invade the Southern kingdom as well. And eventually the Assyrians invaded all the way to the capital of the Southern kingdom, which is Jerusalem. They surrounded the city and the king of Assyria sent a messenger, the Rabshakeh, to the city wall to discourage the people and to shake. Their morale. Look at all the nations we have destroyed. None of their gods could deliver them from our hands. Don't let your God deceive you. He won't be able to deliver you either. You know, I wonder if you have a rapshake in your life, you know, a discourager, someone who shakes your morale, who shakes your confidence in God. It could be someone at work, could be somewhere at home, could even be yourself. A voice in your head that tells you, look at all these other people who have failed. There's no way, even with God's help, that you can make it through this. And it is here, in this part of the story, that we come to today's reading. From 2 Kings 19 verses 14 to 19. The Rabshakeh has sent Hezekiah a threatening letter from the king of Assyria. How would Hezekiah respond. The Bible says, Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, O God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which is the king of Assyria, which he has sent to mock the living God, truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from His hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that You, O Lord, are God alone." So today I'd like to extract four things that we can learn from Hezekiah's prayer. And later I'll talk about how we can put these four things into practice in our own lives today. So the first thing we can learn from Hezekiah is his surrender. His surrender. Verse 14 says that Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread the letter before the Lord. He came personally and directly to God in his temple. And he laid out his issue in front of God. Back in those days, this this spreading of the letter in the temple is is a symbolic act. It's as if he was letting God read the letter himself. And also, in a sense, he's offering the letter to God uh, for a response. And this is Hezekiah's act of surrender. You know, he he didn't take this letter, you know, into his study, dissect it, extract the, the logical flaws from it, formulate a better plan from the clues written in it. No, he took it, he brought it before God, he laid it out before him, and he prayed. This was Hezekiah's process as the king of the nation. You know, if it worked for him, I'm pretty sure it can work for us. You know, I wonder how much stress you could have saved ourselves if you could have just emulated Hezekiah's simple surrender. So the first thing we can learn from Hezekiah is his surrender. The second thing we can learn from Hezekiah is his knowledge. Hezekiah prayed to a God he knew. He knew about him and he knew him. Verse 15 says, Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, Enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God. You alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. You see, Hezekiah's prayer was based on who God was, and who God, who Hezekiah knew God to be. You see, when Hezekiah refers to God as enthroned above the cherubim, he's referring to the Ark of the Covenant, which is a, a box. Uh, that symbolizes God's covenant with Israel and has these two like, like angels or cherubim on top of it. And, you know, it symbolizes, as, it, as I've said, God's covenant with Israel, but it also symbolizes God fighting for Israel. This is God in battle mode with all his angel armies with him. But beyond God's covenant with Israel, Hezekiah also emphasizes that he is God all the kingdoms of the earth because he made all of heaven and earth. And that includes Assyria. That includes any powers that you may be engaging with. And if God is the creator and ruler of all creation, then he can do something in a seemingly impossible situation. And Hezekiah was able to pray this way with power because he knew the God whom he was praying to. And so he had confidence in the one he was surrendering to. So we can learn from Hezekiah's surrender and we can learn from Hezekiah's knowledge of his God. And thirdly, we can learn from Hezekiah's openness. Here he spelled out his whole situation to God even though he knew that God already knew what his situation was. You know, sometimes we think, God already knows. Why do we need to tell him what he already knows? It's a very Asian way of thinking, right? But what God wants is for us to communicate with Him, for us to draw closer to Him by opening ourselves up more and more with Him. And so here we see Hezekiah opening himself up and sharing his whole situation with God. And here when he does that, you can see Hezekiah's main concern. You know, it's not that he would lose the nation or that he would be defeated or that he would lose the trust of his people. Yes, these are important. But his foremost concern is that the king of Assyria has mocked the living God. You know, I wonder if the situations that we find ourselves in are a challenge not only to ourselves, but to our God. A challenge to His kingdom work here on earth. You know, sometimes articulating our situation to God can help us reframe our situations as not just our burdens to bear, but also opportunities for God's kingdom to break in. And then perhaps we can say, together with Hezekiah, Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. Many people and gods and idols may fail, but the living God can do things that we can't. And so if Hezekiah's surrender, his knowledge and his openness comes finally his audacity he was able to make his audacious request, not just for his own comfort or victory, but for God's glory. Verse 19 says, So now, O Lord our God, save us please from His hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that You, O Lord, are God alone. Now the Hebrew word here for please is na, which is not just a word for politeness, but also a word for desperation. Please. He begs with all his heart for God to do the impossible. Because to him, it's not just for the protection of his people or for the defeat of his enemies, but for all the kingdoms of the earth to know God. You know, for the Longest time, I I always had trouble with audacious prayers. (laughs) Even if God was going to do great things, it's not my place to to ask for it. Well, recently I I heard something that that changed my view of this. And what I heard was that the idea behind audacity is that we ask God to do great things, not, not really because we want to see or achieve great things for ourselves, but because we want to see God move in a way that is impossible by our own striving. Efforts. There's no way that we can claim any credit from this so that He gets the glory and so that people, and that includes myself who is asking, will know and have faith that He is God. Now, of course, I believe the key to audacious prayer is purity. James says that you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. But if our motive is right, if we're able to use our pleas to plead for God's glory and kingdom to prevail in our situations, I'm confident that God will move powerfully and He will do great things for His glory. And that is what God did for Hezekiah. After he prayed, the prophet Isaiah prophesied the fall of the Assyrian king. And the very next day, the Assyrians suddenly left Jerusalem. And then, the Assyrian king ended up getting killed by his own sons. Jerusalem survived. You know, today, I wonder if there's some of us here who are feeling stressed, but we're holding it in our hands so tightly. We need a new approach to life. Now, first of all, I just want to say here that God is a generous God. He wants to bless. All we need to do is come before Him and ask. Jesus says, ask and he will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and he will be opened to you. Like a parent, no matter how the child asks, the parent wants to give. But as parents, we still teach a child to say please. Why? Because... This forms his character. And I believe the same is true for us. God is a generous God, and all we need to do is ask Him. But I believe that Hezekiah's prayer also shows us four disciplines that will shape us and our prayer life. Surrender, knowledge, openness, and audacity. You know, as I was uh, preparing for this message, I, I tried to incorporate these four disciplines into my life. The first thing I do when I wake up is wrestle my nine-month-old trying to change his diaper. Not, Not the most disciplined start to the day. But sometime later, I have my morning shower, and I tried starting with the discipline of surrender. I think through my day ahead, everything that I'm holding, And I I clench my fist, you know, signifying how tightly I'm holding it or how stressed I am about it. And you know, sometimes I'm clenching it so tight that that my fingernails leave marks on my hand. And then I lay it out before God. I I, I release my hands uh, as I release these items to God. And that's my discipline of, of surrender. And then I exercise the discipline of knowledge. You know, I bring to mind the character of God that speaks to to this challenge that I'm facing. And and I declare it, yes, in the shower, but quietly to myself. (laughs) And then I exercise the discipline of openness. I I articulate my situation to God and allow Him to to reframe it in, in His perspective. And, and for his glory And finally after all of that I practice the discipline Of audacity I make my audacious ask For God's glory And for God's kingdom In that situation It's a simple exercise But uh, it's been giving me So much more centeredness Calm and focus During the day It frames my daily challenges In light of God's kingdom. It gives me boldness to face them, and you know, it excites me as I open my eyes to see God move throughout the day. And if you think this might be helpful for you too, I, I, I'd love for you to also try out this simple exercise to incorporate these four disciplines into your prayer life. And I'm confident that we will see God move powerfully as we come to Him in surrender, knowledge openness, and audacity. Let us pray. I invite you to close your eyes and uh, stretch out your hands really as as an expression of the surrender and the openness that we want to have before God. And you can say this prayer with me Right now, come Holy Spirit. And as I'm praying, I'm, I'm just sensing that you know, perhaps God is speaking to some of you today. Some of you who are stressed, holding on to something in your life really tightly. Might be something from work, might be just something from your, your family, your life. Maybe something you've been holding on for a long time. And God is calling you to surrender it to Him today calling you to lay it out in front of him today. he is calling you to ask him to say please enter in into my situation and if that is you we love for pray we would love to pray for you today That's for some of you, you sense that, you know, as you're trying to surrender this, that you realize that it's not just your burden or your responsibility. It's part of a bigger spiritual battle that is at play in your life or that God wants to break in into the spiritual climate at your work or in your family. And if that's you, we'd love to pray for you right now. Let me pray once again, Second Kings 19, over you as you face the challenges of your day and of your life. O oh Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth, You've made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes, O Lord, and see the situations that that we are facing today. The situations that challenge your glory, challenge your power, challenge your justice, your love, your peace, your spirit. Truly, O Lord, without you, we we can do nothing. We can prevail against nothing. So now, O Lord our God, save us, please, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we'd love to continue to pray alongside you, whether you're facing a challenge or maybe even right now, you decided that hearing this message, you want to come to believe in the God who loves you and who yearns to give generously to you. If that's you, we'd love for you to uh, send us a prayer request through Uh, the website through the QR code that you're seeing on your screen right now, we'd love to come alongside you to pray together with you so that you are not alone but you have the community of God's people praying you on, encouraging you and praying alongside you in the challenges that you face. Now, let's continue in a prayerful way as we enter into a time of worship.